kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity Hi, I'd like to welcome you as we continue our studies on grace in this school of grace which we are pursuing to understand and maximize the grace of God upon our lives so that grace will abound in and through us to bring blessing to many let's ask the blessing of God on his word father in the name of Jesus we thank you for who you are we thank you for the grace of God towards us in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ now Lord we ask that your spirit will unveil grace to us and cause us to receive even more grace Lord to thrive in grace wherein we stand and Lord to become channels of your grace Lord flowing to bless our generation in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit of God spirit of grace unveil grace to us and impart grace as the word of your grace comes to us in this season in jesus name amen grace grace god's grace god's boundless grace is the focus of our study and you know child of god grace is the primary difference between christianity and other religions it is grace in other religions everybody else well Christianity by the way is not really religion uh, in that sense because it's a relationship it's finding life in Christ but other religions are based on merit they are based on the efforts of people to find God but in Christ God came looking for us in grace and he extends grace to us even in our failures and in our difficulties grace grace the gospel itself is called the gospel of the grace of god we find that in acts chapter 20 and verse 24 and the word of god is called the word of his grace grace see grace is the only hope of humanity if you remember the law which God gave to the people of Israel, that law was a merit-based economy and it had already shown man's hopelessness and failure. Because who could keep all of that law? Even the Moses that received the law broke it before he brought it down. <laughs> Moses broke the law physically before he brought the law down from the mountain to the people for whom the law was meant grace is the only hope of humanity grace indeed is the only hope of everything created before an independent utterly absolutely independent creator who does not need anything from his creatures in john chapter 1 we read this scripture john chapter 1 from verses um, 15 to uh, 
17. It says, John bore witness of him, that is witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 16. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Verse 17. For the law, John 1, 17, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. The best that a Moses could bring was law. But Jesus Christ brought grace and truth. Notice the combination of what Jesus brought, grace and truth. It does not say Jesus brought truth and grace. The reason is because grace precedes even our reception and our understanding of truth. Truth was brought to us by grace. We receive truth by grace. We are transformed by truth, by the operation of the grace of God in and through our lives. In Jesus' name. So it was the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that brought grace and truth. You see, there was nothing wrong with the law. The law was also true. But the principal challenge that the law had was the absence of grace. And the purpose of that law was to show us that without grace, we cannot approach unto God and to make us dependent on God's grace and his salvation that was the purpose of the law yeah. and so you see that grace is so important for us to understand it is the central subject of the entire bible and of god's dealings with all of his creation grace is a major protocol of god's kingdom government and it merits our deep and lifelong study and the more we study grace and grow in grace the supply of grace towards us will be multiplied and we will reign in life. As we are going to see in this course, reigning in life is a, is a, is a, is a, um, is totally dependent on the quantity of grace. Mark the words that I'm using. I said the quantity. The reason is because grace has different dimensions. There are levels of grace. And the more grace we find, the more we will be able to reign in life, to walk in multi-dimensional, unbroken victory, because that is the will of God for us. But it is dependent on us finding more and more grace, collecting, partaking of, downloading, and receiving more grace from God's boundless store of grace. In Jesus name so it's important that we understand grace as grace is revealed in the Bible you see for many God's grace is the inner enablement that God gives to us to endure or go go through adverse circumstances without caving in for a lot of people they just see grace as you know inner enablement inner strength you know that thing that does not allow you to break down in a crisis or under pressure and that is true that is surely a manifestation of God's grace but the truth is that grace 
is much much more than inner enablement or inner spiritual strength and for some people grace is basically about the forgiveness of sin but you see grace is much 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 more than the matter of sin even though of course the forgiveness of our sins is a massive manifestation of the grace of god but you know that god is gracious so because god is gracious we learn from that that grace is a divine attribute so as a divine attribute grace cannot be defined by sin the reason is because god was gracious even before human beings were created before sin was ever committed this is very important so as a divine attribute the grace of god cannot be purely defined just by the matter of sin grace is much 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 more than the matter of the forgiveness of our sins or just inner strength that we need to face our challenges and the vicissitudes and the issues of life that is certainly part of grace but it is much much more than that uh, because do you know that even sinless creation is also dependent on grace because creation itself was an act of grace nobody forced god to create anybody nobody compelled god to create the angels or the living creatures so it means that their very existence was a manifestation of the grace of god even though they have not sinned and the bible says what do you have that you did not receive do you know that if you ask angel michael that question his answer will be the same as our own answers nothing the reason is because everything came to him just like unto us by the grace of god so grace is the sum total of god's relationship with his creation everything that god does for anything created or, or, or even says to us even for god to speak to anybody is a matter of the grace of god amen so what is grace according to webster's and you know i'm uh, quoting this from our study manual which you can uh, obtain from the link that we post along with this message on the school of grace uh, transforming truth platform where we are studying this together so according to webster's dictionary grace is favor favor goodwill kindness grace is kindness disposition to oblige another that's what grace is uh, a disposition to oblige another kindness favor goodwill so you see webster goes ahead to say that grace is the free unmerited love and favor of god the spring and source of all the benefits that people receive from god so and of course grace is also the favorable influence of god uh, divine influence or the influence of the holy spirit in renewing the heart and restraining from sin i had mentioned that aspect of grace a bit earlier so what you are seeing here is that grace is basically kindness so the grace of god is these are two words these words came to me as i was studying the matter of grace grace is omnipotent benevolence omnipotent benevolence or almighty kindness grace is the kindness of the almighty and those two words summarize what grace is 
and we are going to be looking at this in further detail. Grace is God's omnipotent kindness towards us. His disposition to show us favor from his unlimited goodness and to help us with all he has and is. The disposition of God to show us favor from his unlimited goodness and to help us with all that he has and all that he is. As we are going to see, grace is God making himself available to an individual. Which is why I said to you that grace is much, much more than the forgiveness of sins. Grace is God giving himself to you in kindness, in mercy, and in favor. You see, the grace of God, once you understand that grace is almighty kindness, immediately you begin to see the possibilities of grace. Do you know that if somebody decided to be kind to you, but the person was not almighty. What that means is that while the person is kind, thank God for that, you can only receive the possibilities of the person's ability, even from his kindness. I'll give you an example. If somebody is kind to you and he wants to give you money, but all that he has in his bank account is a hundred dollars. Eh? or you know you can convert that to your local currency now all you can receive from the person is a hundred dollars he cannot give you more than he has so you see when somebody who is almighty decides to be kind to you or kind to a person what it means is that his kindness can bring almightiness into your situation because it's the disposition of the Almighty One. So you see that the grace of God is actually omnipotent. I said the grace of God is omnipotent. Grace, when the grace of God is towards a life or towards, you know, a, a person, grace can accomplish in the person everything that God can do. Why is that so? Because it is God himself at work in and for and through an individual. That's why I said to you that grace is much, much more than the forgiveness of our sins. You see, the, 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 once you understand grace as omnipotent benevolence, the kindness of the Almighty, you begin to see the possibilities of grace. So because of his unlimitedness, then anything can come out of that unlimited, you know, attribute and manifest to our benefit. So you see now, the forgiveness of sin is part of the kindness of the Almighty. The kindness that comes out of the Almighty to forgive us. But you see, there are other things that can come out of the kindness of the Almighty. That includes the, the forgiveness of our sins, healing for our bodies is grace. The food that we eat is coming out of the kindness of the Almighty. Safety, security, deliverance, eternal salvation. Oh, the indwelling Christ himself residing in our hearts. That's for me the massive, the greatest manifestation of grace is the indwelling. That God will take up residence inside the believer. Oh, by his Holy Spirit. What a blessing. All of these are manifestations of the grace of God, which we will be uh, you know, studying further in due course. In Genesis chapter 15 and 
verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, After this, Genesis 15, 1 and 2, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And God said to Abram, He said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. Notice the, 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 the wonder of what God said to Abraham in Genesis 15 verse 1. Look what God said to Abraham. He said, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. Now, note God did not say, I will shield you. And God did not say, I will give you a shield. God said, I am your shield. So God was giving himself to Abraham as a shield. Now look what God said next. He said, I am your very great reward. Or as of version say, I am your exceedingly great reward. God did not say to Abraham, I'm going to reward you. God said, I am your reward. There are two very different things. I will reward you means I'm going to take something and give to you. I will do something for you. But I am your reward means that God was giving himself to Abraham as his reward for believing God. You see, God is the reward of the believer. God is the shield of the believing one. God is our reward for trusting him. God gives himself to us. Because you see, by believing in God, we give ourselves to God. We trust him with all we are and have. And in response, oh, such an a, such a mind-boggling reciprocity. God reciprocates with our, he reciprocates our giving all by giving all. Jesus said, as he was praying to the Father, he said, all mine are thine. And then he said, and all thine are mine. By trusting God, by believing in God, God himself gave himself to Abraham. He said, because you trust me, I entrust myself to you as your reward, as your inheritance. But you see, Abraham didn't quite get what God was saying. Because if he did, he would not have said what he said in verse 2. Look what Abraham said. He said, Oh, sovereign Lord, what will you give me since I am childless? And the one that will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. See, God has just given himself to this man. And then the man turns around and he says, What will you give me? I can imagine God said, Abraham, I have just given you myself. You see, the, the, and this illustrates a major challenge that believers face. Notice that Abraham had a challenge. There was something confronting him. What was confronting Abraham was childlessness. He was barren. He and his wife did not have a child. And it, it became so big in his mind that he did not see what God was giving to him. And he was concerned with who will inherit him after he has passed away. It will be this Eliezer of Damascus. You know, see how he described the man, this Eliezer of Damascus. That was a very faithful servant, but he was still a servant. He was not a son. And Abraham said, you've not given me any children, so a servant in my house is going to be my heir. God said, no, 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 no. This man will not be your heir, but a son that will come out of your bosom. 
and then God brought him out. He said, look at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. And then God said, so shall your descendants be. So shall your offspring be. God was saying to Abraham, you cannot be carrying me as your reward. I'm the barren. I am your reward. Do you remember that scripture talks about children? The Bible says children, the fruit of the womb is God's reward. So if you have the God that rewards with the fruit of the womb and you have that God himself as your reward, then you can be sure that you will also be rewarded by whatever the God that you possess can reward with. So God was giving himself to Abraham and that is exactly what grace is. Grace is God making himself available to a person. Grace is God granting you his presence. Grace is God saying, take me as your inheritance. And everything you need in life for, for service, for time, and for all eternity will come out of me in kindness to address your matter. Grace is God's kindness. Grace is God giving his only begotten son for the salvation of humanity, mm? which unleashed the consequences of the cross. So grace is God's riches that come to us at Christ's expense. Somebody used the acronym G-R-A-C-E to define grace. And it says grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. Everything that God has given to us because of what Christ has done for us. Grace gave us the name of Jesus. Grace gave us redemption in Christ. Grace gave us the blood of Jesus. Grace gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. All of them were released by grace through the finished work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And like the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, He who did not withhold his only begotten son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Can you imagine God has already given us his son Jesus Christ. What else will he not give to us? So you see, because he gave us Jesus, he will not withhold forgiveness of sins which Jesus carried. He will not withhold healing which from sicknesses that Jesus carried. He himself took our infirmities in his own body on the tree. Huh? He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree so that we being dead to sins we should live to righteousness by whose stripes you we are healed mm? he himself took our infirmities and carried our diseases so because jesus carried our sins grace released forgiveness because jesus carried our sicknesses grace released and still releases healing for the child of god because jesus carried our shame grace brought glory because jesus paid for all our iniquities grace brought restoration so grace is god giving himself to us grace is god's boundless provisions for us spiritual physical material in time for eternity grace is God smiling on you, making his face to shine upon you, lifting up the light of his countenance upon you and giving you his peace. We see that blessing in Numbers chapter 6 verses 23 to 27. So grace 
is not just forgiveness of our sins when we got saved, but grace is non-stop forgiveness all through our journey on the planet Earth. The grace of God, the boundless grace of Almighty God. Grace is the scepter of the king stretched out towards us in favor. If you remember the story of Queen Esther, when she came before the king Ahasuerus, we are told that the king stretched out the golden scepter that was in his hand towards Esther, and she found favor. You can read this in Esther chapter 4, verses 15, to Esther chapter 5 and verse 4. Grace is answered prayer. When God hears our cry and answers our prayer, sending us help in our times of need, uh, and attending to us when we call upon him, that is grace. Grace is God's speed. When God puts his hand upon us and causes to be accomplished, you know, things that will rather take a long time, but he causes them to happen in a very short time. Divine acceleration. The Bible says the hand of God came on Elijah and he ran uh, and outran Ahab who was driving in his chariot. Grace is God inheriting your battles. Grace is God underwriting your bills. <laughs> Grace is God undertaking for you in all situations and circumstances of life. Listen, the grace of God is not just the forgiveness of sin or God strengthening you inside. Grace is God inheriting your battles. Imagine that God says, I am responsible for all of your bills. I will pay all your bills through your journeys for all time and eternity. That is grace. Grace is when God undertakes for you. God takes matters from under on your behalf. Oh, oh, glory to the Son of God. The matchless, marvelous grace of God available to us in Christ. Grace is God disappointing and frustrating the devil and his agents in all that concerns us. It is God fighting battles in the invisible realm. Uh, battles that we are not even aware of and giving us the victory. That is grace. Grace is God's basket for escape. Let me tell you two basket stories. <laughs> Do you remember Moses? It was in a basket that, you know, the mother, you know, you know, put him in the basket, pitched the basket with tar and, you know, just put him inside that basket and put him among the reeds on the river Nile. It was grace. That basket, the favor of the daughter of Pharaoh, all of that came by grace. But there's another story <laughs> with the basket. That was with the apostle Paul. Do you remember when the king Aretas in the city of Damascus wanted to arrest brother Paul? This is in Acts chapter 9 verses 22 to 25. And this was right at the beginning of Saul's ministry. Just as soon as he got saved in Damascus, he began to preach the gospel of Christ. And they wanted to kill him. And you know what happens? happened? The Bible says there was a window on the wall. Grace is God's window on the wall. When the enemy thinks that he has caged us in. In fact, the record tells us that the governor had the entire city and all the gates uh, under surveillance. So that as soon as Brother Paul 
was coming out, they would kill him. And imagine if they had killed Saul, Paul, at the early moment when he got saved. Where would half of the New Testament that God used him to write be? Where would all the great exploits? But grace said no. Grace made a window on the wall. Grace provided a rope and a basket. And even the size of Brother Paul was grace. The man was small enough. Do you know the, the word Paul actually means little? Little, smally. Huh? Paul was small and he was preaching. And then they say, oh, Polly, Polly, smally, smally. That's how his name changed from Saul to Paul. It was a nickname that they were calling him. Even the man's size was a gift of grace. Because Grace knew that one day, this man is going to pass through a window on the wall. We are going to need a rope and a basket. Oh, Grace caused him to escape. No matter how the enemy thinks he has surrounded you, Grace will make a way where there seems to be no way. Grace will make a window on the wall. The enemy will be waiting at the gate, but Grace will let you out. That is the possibility. And the, and the power of grace. The brothers of Joseph, they built a wall of hatred. Mrs. Potiphar built a wall of conspiracy against Joseph. They put him in prison walls. But the Bible says, Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by the well, whose branches run over, over, over the wall. His branches run over the wall. You are going to read that in Genesis chapter 49. Grace. Nobody can cage a person of grace. A woman of grace is unstoppable. You look at a man that if you compete with a person that is carrying grace, you are wasting time. You cannot block a man of grace. You cannot quench a daughter of grace. Grace is a godly wife. Do you know that when God gives you a good wife or a good spouse, a good husband, you think it's because you prayed, it's because you fasted. I want you to know there are people that prayed and fasted more than you, but things didn't quite work out. Uh, houses and riches, they are the inheritance of fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A godly husband is from the Lord, which is why you must continually be grateful and not condemn other people that may be having challenges. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Grace is God blessing our obedience. Do you know, even when you obey, you cannot claim your obedience as the reason why God must do something for you. Now, of course, I know that by obeying the word of God, we position ourselves to receive more grace. But for you to now be quoting your obedience as the reason why God did something for you shows that you, you are claiming something that grace gave you, now you are quoting merit. You know, my friend told me a story. He said he was in a plane and uh, they, there was so much turbulence. It was very turbulent on the flight. And it looked like, you know, the, the plane was going to come down, you know, crash. And people were praying desperately inside the plane. I mean, people were praying all manner of prayers. And my friend said there was... Uh, a believer close to him and this guy was praying he said god i am a tighter i'm a tighter i pay my tight i cannot die in this plane i am a tighter oh i give my tight you know and when my friend told me the story in my mind i'm saying 
A plane is about to crash and the only thing you can plead is that you give 10% of your money to God? What type of prayer is that? Is it wrong to pay tithes and give tithes? Of course not. It cannot be wrong to give money to God. But to be using the fact that you gave 10% of your money to God to be commanding God that for that reason he must reciprocate. You don't understand grace. Don't pray like that. Even when you have done everything that you are commanded, the Bible says we should still say we are unworthy servants, unprofitable servants. We have only done what we are commanded to do. Does that mean that God will not bless our giving? Of course, God will bless your giving. Tight, over the tight, and, and much, much more. Uh, our offerings and the, 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 the resources we invest in advancing his kingdom. But you don't come quoting those things and now commanding God and telling God that on the basis of those, even when you have done everything, quote grace. Don't come to the throne of grace quoting your, your works because it's a throne of grace. Don't bring works to a throne of favor because if they said, okay, now, should we judge you by your works? Should we judge you by what you have done? You will not survive and you will not qualify for anything. So grace, grace, God's grace. All spiritual gifts come to us by grace. That's why you don't use anointing to intimidate the people of God. We don't do that. The food on the table is grace. The power of God manifesting through your life is grace. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, they come to us by grace. Grace, grace. Every good and perfect gift, James says, comes down from above. It's coming down from above. From the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning. So all spiritual gifts, abilities, they come to us by grace. And even our finances are also manifestations of the grace of God. Do you know that the Bible talks about financial grace? You're going to find that uh, as we continue our studies together on grace in Jesus' name. So, grace is all sufficient. We are going to be looking at that in detail. But let me just mention this as we draw this segment to a close, that the grace of God is all sufficient. Why is it all sufficient? It's because of the definition of grace. Once you understand that grace is omnipotent benevolence, almighty kindness, then anything can come out of that almighty kindness and manifest for our benefit. Brother Paul was praying over a certain challenge that he had. You can read this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verses 7 to 10. Um, but the response that God gave to him, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. The Amplified Version said, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. My strength and my power are made perfect in your weaknesses. Notice that in this statement about the grace of God, God began to talk about his power. The reason is because grace is actually God's power enabling us to do what we cannot do. Enabling us to overcome where we cannot in our own strength. 
and that power will always be sufficient. You know, some people say that God did not answer Paul's prayer in that scripture. But the reason they say that is because they don't understand grace. Because what God was basically saying to Paul, as we are going to study later, is that there is nothing that the messenger of Satan can do to you that my power cannot undo. My power is more than enough for you. It's more than sufficient in this situation that you are going through. And you are going to find the grace of God sufficient for you. Grace counterbalances much more than counterbalances anything and everything that the enemy can do. Grace is God's antidote to every, every wile of hell. Every invention of Satan, every attack of the enemy can be counteracted. Counteracted. This is counteracting grace. Grace has ability to counteract, to cancel, to nullify, to make void anything that comes against us in life. Why is that so? Because grace is almighty kindness, omnipotent benevolence. Hallelujah. So, the more we understand grace, the more we realize that grace is all we need in life. What God is saying by being gracious to us is that out of me will come the answers you will need at every juncture and junction in life. That's what God is saying. What God is saying is, I am sufficient for you. I give myself to you as your inheritance. And along your path of life, grace will be there to forgive your sins. Grace will be there to supply your needs, to heal you, to empower you. Grace will be there to answer your questions. Grace will be there to carry you when you cannot carry yourself. Grace, grace, God's grace. I want to invite you to study grace further. We are going to see um, if you look in the study manual, you're going to see what I call the basis of grace or what I call the five foundations of grace. I'm just going to mention them and I will stop. Number one foundation of grace is God, the God who stoops. The fact that God will condescend, God will come down at our level. The fact, what the Bible calls, what I choose to call the humility of God. Imagine Jesus stooping. The Bible says he stooped so low to die. Yes, to die on a cross. And because he did that, God has highly exalted him. He humbled himself. Grace will not be available without this God who humbles himself, the Bible says, to behold the things that are in heaven. This amazing scripture is in Psalm 113 and from verse 4, it says, The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who dwells on high, who humbles himself? The NIV said, Who stoops to behold the things that are in the heavens and that are in the earth? Thank God, glory to God, that God is not aloof. Oh, he is the most high, but he stoops to condescend to our level, to engage us, and to attend to us. That's the first foundation of grace. The next foundation of grace is what I call omnipotent independence. Hmm? Omnipotent, almighty independence. This God who does not owe anybody anything decided to be gracious to us. He said, who has first given God anything that he might be paid back? 
or that he should claim a recompense. Who has, who has given him? A, he doesn't owe anybody. He said, when I created the world, I didn't consult anybody. Everything in heaven and earth belongs to him. Uh, so you read in Romans 11, 35 to 36. This is from the Weymouth translation. He says, who has first given God anything so as to receive payment in return? For the universe owes its origin to him, was created by him, and has its aim and purpose in him. To him be the glory throughout the ages. Amen. Amen. So it is out of this omnipotent independence uh, that God decides to be gracious to us. The next part is that God is the source of it all. He is the creator and the owner of everything. Look at John chapter 3 verse 27 from the Amplified Translation. It says, a man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing. He can take unto himself nothing except as it has been granted to him from heaven. So God is the only source. And because he's the only source, he chose to be gracious. And then the divine character, because he's gracious. Oh, he says the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Bible talks about God being plenteous in mercy. Oh, the goodness of God. I, you know, there was something that Jonah said um, when God forgave the people of Nineveh. God was gracious to the people of Nineveh when they repented of their sins. Look what Jonah said. This is from the message translation, Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Jonah was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God. God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tashish. <laughs> Listen to what Jonah said. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love, and ready at the drop of a heart to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jonah, Jonah described God accurately. He knew, he knew the character of God. He said, God, that's why I ran away. I know that you're going to forgive these people. Meanwhile, I want you to kill them because of all they've done to my people. You know, the Assyrians devastated Israel. And that explains why Jonah, you know, ran away. He wanted them destroyed. He didn't want them to turn to God and find, and find mercy. You know, unfortunately, you know, later... Assyria was still destroyed because they, they, they went away from, from seeking God and humbling themselves. So Jonah said to God, I knew, I knew that you are sheer grace and mercy. Not that you have grace. You yourself, you are grace. Whoa, God is grace. God is a boundless ocean of grace. Grace and mercy. You are not easily angered. You are rich in love. You are love yourself. And look what Jonah said. Jonah said, you are ready at the drop of a heart to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. <laughs> That's grace. Grace turns plans that God has made to punish people and to send them to hell. The grace of God turns it into a program of forgiveness with God himself paying the price. See, 
the plan of punishment was already set. But do you know what God did for us in Jesus? He himself came and paid the price to purchase a program of forgiveness. That is grace. Grace, the final foundation of grace, and this is the highest of them all, is the finished work of Christ. Jesus is called God's unspeakable gift, anekdiagetos in Greek. It means a gift that is too wonderful for words, too wonderful for words, too wonderful for words. Jesus, Jesus, the ultimate manifestation of grace and arising from his fullness. Whoa, you now understand John chapter 1. You say, out of his fullness, out of the fullness of the grace that is present in our Lord Jesus Christ, we receive grace upon grace. Let me read that scripture to you from the Amplified Translation as we round this off. This is John chapter 1 and verse 16. John 1 and 16 from the Amplified uh, Classic Translation. Listen to what he says. He says, For out of his fullness, abundance, out of the fullness and the abundance present in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he says, We have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift. Oh, out of his fullness, we have a share who we are all supplied with. One grace after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift upon gift, forgiveness upon forgiveness, provision upon provision, healing upon healing. Oh, oh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to become a student of grace. I want you to become a student of grace. Begin to study grace. Out of the revelation of the grace of God, power will come into your life. Your sins will be cancelled. You will live a holy life. The grace of God is able to make us live holy in this present world. We are going to see that. Some people think that the grace of God is a license to live a loose and licentious life. No, 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 no. The grace of God is God's power enabling us to do what we cannot do. And out of his fullness, we receive grace upon grace, favor upon favor, exceeding great and precious promises upon promises, answered prayer upon answered prayer. Look at the quantity of prayers that we have prayed. We keep praying, we keep receiving answers, anointing upon anointing. Testimonies upon testimonies. <laughs> oh, glory. Look, child of God, servant of God, the pursuit of grace has changed my life. It has changed my life. It has changed my life. Out of his fullness, I received truth upon truth, insight upon insight, revelation upon revelation. Oh, I look at scripture. It comes alive. Truth upon truth upon truth. Somebody say, Brother Ferdinand, where do you get all these things? And I say, this is grace, 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 grace. Heavenly Father, take away the veil from our eyes and reveal your boundless grace to us in Christ. Oh God, forgive us, oh God, for our focus on our works. Help us to concentrate on grace. The grace of God that is more than sufficient for time 
and for eternity. And when time gives way, it will still be your grace that will open the doors into glory and receive us in heaven at last. Father, we thank you. Right now, Father, I ask grace of forgiveness will be released for every sin. Let the grace of your healing power manifest in the life of this listener. Let grace supply needs. Let grace solve insoluble problems in the name of Jesus. Let intractable chronic issues that have lasted for long, let them dissolve now in the name of Jesus by the grace of God and by your merciful intervention in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for undertaking this study of grace with me. I want to encourage you, share these things with other people. Settle down with your church or with your family and study grace. You, it will change your life. It will change your ministry. And you will become a channel of grace, carrying God's grace to men, women, children, and to nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Is like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea.